Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California, now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert, and that's where I am, the haunted desert. But haunted by what? Exactly. Haunted by everything, really. Everything that ever happened, that ever left its mark upon the landscape, physically or psychically. That a lot of what occurred was what most people would consider pretty rough, pretty bad. But it's in the past, our past anyway, so we are drawn to these places. We stop the car at a roadside cemetery and hop out to stroll around the tombstones and take pictures. Especially if it's a graveyard where we don't know anybody. I take the most pictures in the cemeteries where I know a lot of the names. At least the names, sometimes the people themselves, in memory now. When I'm in a place where my ancestors are in the ground, I take pictures. And spend some time at the grave sites. Some people find it gloomy, but communing with one's ancestors is probably the oldest form of contemplation. And contemplation is the key to understanding your own mind, your own psyche. Meditation has become popular because it promises to get you away from yourself, to get out of your own head. The other end of that is self-obsession, which can be both popular and profitable, at least if you look good on TikTok. Or maybe you could have one of those Substack newsletters with a couple of thousand paying customers. Imagine wanting to pay for email. I'd pay to stop it all. There's a sculpture garden not far from where I live, and I like to walk around there and contemplate. Now and then. Day or night, it has its different moods. The statues are imposing and sort of hideous. But the medium is concrete and rebar, so in that context, the statues are beautiful. The same charmless lengths of rolled steel and the same slop of wet concrete that makes the footings of a tract house or a fast food drive through instead formed into an enormous Jesus Christ standing between the Joshua trees. 
Here I'm talking about Desert Rice Park in Yucca Valley, but it could be anywhere, any place near where you live. Where contemplation was the intent of the place. The goal of the maker. Cemeteries are good for this pursuit because they tend to be quiet. Even when they're surrounded by the noise and hustle of our civilization. After the comic actor John Belushi died, his friend and collaborator Dan Aykroyd made a tradition of visiting Belushi's grave with appropriate food and drink. Why I remember such things, I don't know. But I recall that Aykroyd would ride his motorcycle out to the cemetery, equipped with a box of good fried chicken and a six-pack. Spend the afternoon communing with his departed comrade. People have been doing that kind of thing for as long as people have been around. Other animals mourn their dead too elephants, wolves, and coyotes, magpies, and ravens, otters, and sea lions. And of course, our closest relatives, the other primates. Humans are probably the only species that makes an effort to visit the places where strangers died. Battlefields especially, but the sites of our modern tragedies too. The World Trade Center site, the memorial to the Great Fire of London back in 1666. The cities in Japan where America dropped the bomb just to make sure everybody on Earth knew we had it and knew we'd use it on civilians. In the desert, we visit ghost towns, whether cliff dwellings of the pre-Columbian era or abandoned mining settlements of barely a century ago. We visit the homes of the long departed, like Mary Hunter Austin's house in Independence, California, which she designed. Artists can't help it. They make their art and they make their world. They don't have a choice. None of us has a choice, really. We do not choose the place of our birth or whether we're born at all. We do not choose our parents, our religion, or lack thereof, our economic status, our genetic predispositions. We don't choose what we look like to ourselves or to others choose our native tongue, and we sure are not asked for approval of our ancestors' behavior, good or bad, or like everybody, somewhere in the middle. We are here in our time, and the only real choice we've got is what to do with the time we have. 
Because you don't have to do anything. Sure, the society around you will respond unless you make for the wilderness and manage to keep hidden. Like the Desert Fathers did in the wastelands of Egypt some 1,700 years ago. Just carve a little space in the soft limestone and make yourself a little rat hole and be one with whatever you think God is. The Desert Fathers became the first social media stars in their way. Of course, other people did the publicity, and most of these early Christian hermits wanted no part of anything worldly. But others, being human, grew to enjoy the attention and the gifts. Like the Thanksgiving traffic, the west entrance to Joshua Tree National Park would start it as a few widely spaced desert rats, and their rat holes became a mob scene. The desert has become a city. That's how Athanasius of Alexandria described the thousands of monks and nuns who moved to the desert in emulation of St. Anthony or Anthony the Great. Great at turning the desert wilderness into civilization, anyway. If unintentionally. Throughout our history, people have said, I've had enough. I've enjoyed as much of this as I can stand. To quote the Porter Wagner song, which was written by Whispering Bill Anderson, I should note. And off the people run, run to the hills, back to the land, chasing freedom or something close. Thirty years ago, the high school and college kids of Czechoslovakia, the ones in Prague mostly, although there were demonstrations in many towns and cities, managed to overturn the Soviet-controlled government in a few short weeks. Peacefully, too. But simultaneously, ethnic and religious wars were breaking out between people who had peacefully coexisted for generations just a couple of countries away in southern Europe. When I headed that way three decades ago, first to the temporary autonomous zone of Free Prague, later to the Balkans, it was not to study the political systems and the stress fractures of modern society, although that's part of the work a writer should be doing. It was for the TAZ, the TAZ, the Temporary Autonomous Zone, the spring up in the vacuum of power. The collapse of an old system, an old bureaucracy. And its old rules, uh, young people in particular, had all stopped following overnight. That's where it's good. For a little while. 
for as long as it lasts. And it never lasts because by our nature, we organize things. 26,000 years ago in what is now the Czech Republic, early humans buried their dead, swapped the heads of gazelles with those of people, and left behind hundreds of little clay figures that were ritually burned by a sorcerer. At the place the archaeologists call the Magician's Hut. Doni Vestonice, Moravia, where the huts were built from the bones of the mammoth. There are artifacts with hash marks, too, carefully applied. Maybe marking the cycles of the moon, although we can't really say from this distance in time. Even then, especially then, there were outcasts. There were people who looked different, acted weird, who were maybe pushed out. Or, in the case of Doni Vesunice, buried with honors. But we can never expect that, should never expect it, demand it, sure, but be ready when the society says no. Because it will, most of the time. So it goes. All animals are born to the same world we are. A world they did not make. Like the beaver, we can change parts of our environment. Like the birds, we can move to other lands, or at least try. Reach for the sky, as some workplace poster might say. But realize you might get more done if you reach for a rock. Make a fire ring. Build a foundation for your magician's hut. Carve a little face on it. Or throw it at somebody's head. The people around you will decide how the action is perceived. Unless you've left the people behind. And it's just you and your little rat hole and a limestone wall. For now. Welcome back to Desert Oracle Radio. I'm your host, Ken Lane, and we have on the line the author Kendra Atlee-Work, who wrote a book that I've been reading this year called Miracle Country, and it's in large part about one of all of our favorite places in the Southwest, which is the Eastern Sierra, or the Owens Valley, or the East Side, or whatever you like to call it. Kendra, welcome to Desert Oracle Radio. Thanks for having me. So your book ended up with me because somebody that I've wandered around with a lot over the years picked it up, I think, in Bishop. And you must have been signing because it's signed. Yeah. Well, Spellbinder, the bookstore in Bishop, they like to keep signed copies on hand. And I live in Bishop and I'm in there all the time. So that's probably where they got it. That is, that's also one of my favorite bookstores. Tell us a little bit about your book and how you ended up writing about where you're from. 
So I grew up here in the eastern Sierra Nevada. I was born and raised and my parents had both moved here as young adults and met here. My dad spent his early years in Owens Valley living in the burned out shell of a restaurant out in the middle of the desert that he was able to squat in rent free. And uh, my mom was a school teacher who at one point she was a little bit farther north in the valley where they get some more snow. And at one point she, um, she was in Levining and she cross country skied 18 miles over avalanche debris to feed the class hamsters. So they were that kind of people and they were both drawn out here to, by the landscape and they met and they raised us out here. And my dad became a hot air balloon pilot among other things and just sort of uh, figured out how to make a living out here um, and really raised my siblings and I to love this area and love the desert. But then when I was 16, my mom died and suddenly I had to get out of this place. Um, I had to leave and I left for 10 years. And being gone for 10 years and being in really different landscapes, like the Southern California for a while and then the green, rainy Midwest, really gave me, first of all, I was dying of homesickness. Um, and it also gave me a really interesting perspective on the desert. While I was gone, I started researching the place that I left behind, kind of California and the, the desert of the West at large, and specifically the Eastern Sierra, Owens Valley area. And the product of that whole journey is Miracle Country. So it's part memoir and it's part researched book about this region. And it's also sort of following this decision of mine to move home um, and, and live here. I'm talking to you from Bishop and what made me want to come back and live in a place that's kind of challenging to live in climate wise and economy wise and, and sort of on the front lines of climate change. So that's what that book's about. That's what Miracle Country tells the story of. A lot of people have no idea what you're talking about when you say Eastern Sierra. Yeah, a lot of people have no idea what you're talking about when you say rain shadow <laughs> or drip line. <laughs> so but there was a lot of translating to do when I was back there, which was helpful actually to, to write about the desert while I was very far away from it. And I was really writing, especially during the beginning of the really harsh drought and my neighborhood, my the neighborhood where I grew up actually burned down while I was in Minnesota and I flew home on a red eye flight and sifted ash with the neighbors. And that is actually what opens the book. So, and had to go back to that place full of water and explain to everyone what, it, what my community in the West was going through. So that was pretty surreal several years. And this was a few years before the, the mega fires that we're having now that now you see him on the front page of the New York Times or the headline news. And I heard about one of the Sierra fires on the BBC driving around in the you know world news. It's also something you live with when you live in a place where forest and desert meet. And yeah. that sounds like the area where you grew up. So we're the high desert. So we're right at the base of the, right at the Eastern base of the Sierra Nevada mountains. So we're right at the beginning of the Great Basin. So we are kind of in an interesting liminal space where we're pressed up against an alpine environment, but we're, it's extremely dry because all the, most of the precipitation falls on the west side of the Sierra Nevada mountains. So we can see snow on the mountain peaks, but we will often go, gosh, easily go a year without what feels like a solid rain or any snow ourselves. And then other times we get floods and blizzards. <laughs> That's just the way it goes, partly because we're so close to mountains. So it's a pretty interesting land of extremes. Bishop is a place that's fascinated me for a long time because it is in amber. It has never got to explode with growth 
And it's because of an interesting historical reason that I thought you gave a, a wonderful telling of that history mixed in with your story. Can you give a little short version of that? So if you've seen the film Chinatown, you know a very, very fictionalized version of the story. But since the early 1900s, um, Los Angeles, 1913 was when the aqueduct was completed. Los Angeles has been importing on average about a third of their water, but it really varies year to year, but a pretty substantial chunk of their water from Owens Valley. And that's an ongoing dynamic. I did a lot of research into that to write the book because when I first moved away from Owens Valley, I definitely grew up with a sense that something had been taken from this place. There was a sense that something had been removed or stolen in a way, but the details were fuzzy and it really took a lot of research and a lot of distance and time to clarify to myself what all of that meant and sort of complicate. Complicating history is something I really enjoy doing in Miracle Country and sort of taking things beyond villain and victim and sort of looking at chains of predation in the valley, the role of the ranchers as another wave of predators in the valley who then became the victims of Los Angeles and just sort of complicating that whole story. But the, the bottom line is that LA and my valley are deeply enmeshed through this water relationship that is ongoing today. Some historians will say, you know, well, if it weren't for a lot of the land here being put into watershed protection, perhaps this would be a lot bigger town because you really, you really can't develop that much more than it's already developed. And the result is a lot of housing issues and, but also wilderness that perhaps would have been developed. So it, it's very complicated and it's kind of fun to get into the nitty gritty of all the complicated history there. Now on this show, we occasionally talk about uh, esoteric and strange things. And there was one part toward the end of your book that caught my attention because of that. You worked in a haunted house. I did. I worked in the Whaley House in San Diego, in Old Town, San Diego. <laughs> And what did you do there? Did you did you corral the ghosts or? I wish that I could have corralled some ghosts. I worked in. I sold tickets essentially to the uh, to the tours of the of the house, and I was often in there. Pretty it would it was open pretty late at night, so I was often in there late at night by myself, just hoping to see a ghost, and and I didn't. But what I did encounter was sort of a pretty interesting packaged version of California history that was easy to sell to tourists from the Midwest who would wander in really sunburned from their time at the beach in San Diego beaches and want to experience something of the old West. And so that was that was mostly what I learned about was the way that history can be the history, which is in actuality very dark and nuanced, um, can be sort of packaged and sold. And that's sort of a, a trade that the West has been participating in pretty much for all of recorded history. So that was that was a pretty interesting facet of, of my experience working in a haunted house. I wish I could have met some ghosts. The old town was a bizarre place. I mean, it, it was pretty much rebuilt to be a historical destination, wasn't it? Yes, it's it's very much it, it, it's got a lot of the old hotels that they've sort of recreated. And it's very much a historical uh, a version of history, we'll say, uh, amusement park now, essentially. As an ex-mayor there said once, it's uh, uh, before he was arrested, all the mayors in San Diego get arrested. That Old Town was San Diego history minus the brothels and the bars. Yes, exactly. It was sort of a cleaned up, and I would I would say minus the 
the racially motivated murder and and the rest of that that is oh, <laughs> peppered right. throughout California history. <laughs> kind of don't include that. The the <laughs> Mrs. Whaley is a little better, I guess, for the postcards. <laughs> what is? I don't want you to give away a secret place or anything, but. In a place that's not secret, what's your what's your favorite outdoor thing to do in the Owens Valley? In the Owens Valley, well, include like, include the mountain, the, the, the whole area, the Eastern Sierra. If you're visiting here, the place, the the go-to spot, if you've never been, is Little Lakes Valley in Rock um, in Rock Creek Canyon, which is about between Mammoth and Bishop. Sort of, you would you turn off from Tom's place, and that is just a breathtaking place. It's, whenever I go hiking up there, I'm just amazed that I live so close to such, it's so different from the desert. There's meadows and there's wildflowers and there's, it looks like Switzerland with these snow-capped peaks ringing lakes. So check that out, Little Lakes Valley. Now your book is out in paperback right now. It's called Miracle Country. And what, do you have another book coming? Someday. I, it took me six years to write this one, so stay tuned. <laughs> uh, Kendra Atley Work, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have a website you want to tell us? I do. You can just go to atleywork.com, A-T-L-E-E-W-O-R-K, atleywork.com, or you can just search Miracle Country, Kendra Atley Work. Tell us one more thing before we go. What's, what's the most haunted place you know in the Eastern Sierra? That's a great question. I would say some some of the sites where um, genocide happened, where the U.S. Army basically carried out a systematic genocide of the Paiute Numu here, but they failed because those people still live in this valley and call it their home. There is a number of sites. Uh, one that I write about in the book is on part of the dry lake bed of Owens Lake. I would say probably the, the dry bed of Owens Lake is the most haunted place. It's, it's extremely eerie and it's actually set up for visitation. There's strange art out there by urban artists that I don't know where they found. Um, and there's, it smells like sulfur and there's brine flies everywhere, but it's set up for tourists to check it out. So if you want to have a very bizarre, surreal experience, drive around and take a look at the exhibits on the dry bed of Owens Lake, which was drained by Los Angeles in the 20s. From Amboy to Zizeks and across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from Joshua Tree. Thanks to our guest, Kendra Alleywork. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver for the soundscapes you heard during the program tonight. It's almost Thanksgiving week. This is pre-Thanksgiving weekend, so watch out for the traffic jams everywhere in Joshua Tree and Yucca Valley, Pioneer Town, 29 Palms and beyond. Speaking of traveling, Desert Oracle Radio Live. Our tour starts in San Diego Friday after Thanksgiving, November 26th. Then Tucson and Austin and Dallas and Galveston, San Antonio, New Orleans, Memphis, Norman, Oklahoma, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Phoenix, Mesa, 
ending in Los Angeles, which is sold out, but the rest aren't, so get your tickets. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving week. Good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs>